It is time now for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Lots to talk about because the legislature is getting back to work this week. Good morning, Vaughn. Yeah, good morning, Simi. The legislature was off last week. Premier John Horgan spent uh, his days, at least near as we can tell, uh, talking to community leaders about the spread of COVID-19 and the need to get everybody registered for vaccination. Good work on the Premier's part. That needs to be done. The House is back today, and the Premier himself said uh, when it adjourned that we could expect the long-delayed paid sick leave legislation from the B.C. government this week, so maybe as early as today. Okay, that would be good news, even though it seems to have taken way too long. Yeah, I mean, the government was working on this last summer. They told us that, and they said, we're, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to deal with it, and then they switched to saying, well, I think we'll let Ottawa do this first, and they kept lobbying Ottawa to do it, even though national labor leadership, Canadian Labor Congress said provinces need to step up here too because of the way employment law works in Canada, because of the way the limitations of Ottawa's ability to provide paid sick leave uh, in industries that Ottawa doesn't regulate, which is most of the employment sectors. Uh, Oregon just kept delaying, delaying, delaying. I think federal budget came out and he said, oh, well, you know, they didn't do it. Well, you knew they weren't going to do it. And he said, well, we don't have time to get, you know, our our budget's the next day. Anyway, uh, finally, uh, BC is going to do it months late, maybe a year late. Uh, And uh, the premier said in answer to questions about this, uh, he deflected most of the questions, but he said to the opposition, well, uh, since you want this, I hope you're going to vote for it. We could get it through in a day. So we'll see. Yeah, but we don't actually know what any of this looks like yet. We don't, no. Even though they claim it's been in the works since last summer. I mean, that's John Horgan himself said, no, no, he's been working on this, uh, you know, months ago. Uh, just didn't do it. So if they have been working on it since last summer, I mean, it's not as if they put the entire government into caretaker mode in order to call a snap election. The legislation must already be drafted. (laughs) I like the way you snuck that one in there. That was good. (laughs) Nicely done. Okay, so that's going to uh, be in there as well. Uh, But let's talk about what happened on Friday, too, about the government (laughs) data. Like I was talking about this with Gord earlier, like Friday, and it just seemed like they were totally on the defensive with this. Yeah, so I was in shouting at the TV mode, too, on Friday afternoon. I was not waiting on the line to ask a question because I figured the matter would be relatively straightforward, and I tend to leave it to the Vancouver Sun reporters to make sure they get a question in because if I'm on the line, I don't, and I get a question in, then they don't. So they have to do the news stories. I left. A, I stayed off, and... Uh, so, so what happened is the Vancouver Sun uh, got leaked to uh, detailed reports on the actual data being assembled by the BC Centre for Disease Control. Uh, about, the reports are about four times the size of what's publicly released. Uh, every other news organization started at saying, uh, we've been asking for this stuff too. Why haven't we been getting it? They've been pretending they didn't even have it. So... Adrian Dix was scheduled for a press conference Friday afternoon. That was canceled. It was on um, assistance for ALS. And we got a, a replacement press conference to answer these questions. Dr. Bonnie Henry, Dr. Rika Gustafson, their deputies did a press conference. And I don't think they really explained anything about why this information was withheld. In fact, they tried to persuade us that most of this information is out there. Clearly it isn't. And 
I found it kind of insulting, actually, and I'm not easily insulted, that uh, they insinuated that, oh, uh, you know, you want this information because, uh, you know, we're, we're holding it back for privacy concerns or uh, because we're concerned about racist, racist, racism. And I, I don't buy that. I, I just I don't buy that because like you know what it, more information allows us to tell a fuller story and if the fuller story is one that stops people from being racist well wouldn't that yeah. mean more helpful I agree and look Simi this is a case of collectively the government trying to have it both ways I will take you back to June the fourth of last year. Doctor Henry and Adrian Dix released the first detailed breakdowns of how COVID-19 was spreading and how it was being contained within provincial health districts. So each health region in the province has individual districts. And that data showed a couple of very important things that were critically important at the time. One of the things that the data showed was that the COVID-19 spread from China had been contained in BC and it showed that the COVID-19 spread from Iran had been contained in BC, that most of our cases were coming from the United States. And you can go back to then, Simi, and you'll remember we were bombarded with emails with racist insinuations that, oh, it's all about the Iranians and the Chinese. That data was put out to show us that it wasn't And the data also broke it down by health districts. It showed that the COVID-19 case spread had been contained in Richmond, which is a community that has a lot of Chinese Canadians, and in North Vancouver, which has a community that has a lot of Iranian Canadians. So the government put that data out to discourage racial backlash. And they gave it to us, drilled down, and we reported it that way. I remember NW and... uh, Global TV, Vancouver Sun, we all said, hey, folks, calm down. These communities have addressed the spread within them, and they've dealt with it. So I find it, as I said, insulting to suggest that we want to get this data so we can stir up racial backlash against a different community. That's not the reason you want it. The reason you want it is the reason John Horgan is out talking to community leaders out there to say, hey, you've got a problem with spread. Let's work together to get your communities vaccinated to deal with language barriers and all that. I, as I said, I just think what went on on Friday was insulting. I don't, I don't think that uh, I would blame it on Dr. Bonnie Henry or Dr. Gustafson. They're trying to do their job. I think the problem on Friday is where was Adrian Dix? Where yeah. was the politician to deal with this? I agree. I think it, you know, the data would have helped us to have a discussion about, well, why these communities then? Well, you know why? These are your frontline workers. And these yeah. racialized communities, these are the people who are doing the job, the delivery workers, everybody who still have to work. They don't have the choice of being home. Like, we could have had a better conversation about what was going yeah. on if we'd had that data. And to the credit of Dr. Henry, she said this repeatedly, right? I mean, her main communication on this has been, there's a re- she's told us why. Surrey is a problem, and it's exactly what you said, and why Abbotsford is a problem. These are communities where so many people in it are in multi-generational households, and they work. They drive truck. They uh, work in fast food. They work in food processing. 
And as you say, they're healthcare workers. And when you put all that together with the more transmissible variants that we're now dealing with, you get the kind of spread we've had. It is not the fault of those communities. And one of the reasons we would want to report that is to alert everyone to the job that remains to be done on COVID-19. Yeah. It's not it's not the healthcare public health officials who've been spreading the word that hey the end is in sight and oh you know we've turned the corner and all that. That's a political problem. Um the people that are running the system are just trying to contain it. And again, I go why did Adrian Dix leave those two public health officials out there to answer for what is essentially a political problem. Good question. Um, I'm sure you'll be asked about that today. Very quickly, we were talking about the polar icebreakers. (laughs) What a typically made in Canada decision they came to. Yeah, the big question was, you know, polar aid, icebreaker, we're supposed to be building it, Ottawa was supposed to be building it. It was originally assigned to BC. Uh, Trudeau government took it back. Quebec wanted it. Uh, what were they going to do? Well, the old the old uh, idea of a you know a compromise solution was to cut the baby in half. In this case, they decided <laughs> to deliver twins. Uh, Quebec's going to get one icebreaker. BC's going to get the other. No price tag, but I'll tell you that last time the Polar Eight was priced, it was a billion three. So I assume we're talking I don't know three or four billion dollars worth of icebreaker here. Oh, well, I guess they had to make everybody happy. Uh, Vaughn, thank you on that one. (laughs) Bye-bye, Simi. Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning.